Mulaney! Mulaney! Omaha! Live. You like that? You like that? In the entertainment capital of the world. Rodgers. In trouble. Does he have a vintage moment in it? In the end zone. It is caught for the win. Richard Rodgers with a walk-off touchdown. It's the T.C. Martin Show. Play action. Awesome time. Deep shot for Parker. to get your daily prescription from the doctor, T.C. Martin. Oh, my goodness, the legend just goes on. The doctor is now in. How you like me now? 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 Hour number two on this Friday, live from the world-famous Superbook at the Westgate Las Vegas. The crowd... A plenty here today. I'm seeing some USC fans, Utah, and just uh, just some great fans in general here. As uh, Marco is nodding his head. <laughs> yes, we welcome everybody, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, all people of all shapes and sizes. Welcome aboard here to the show on this Friday, hour number two. And uh, if you miss any part of the show, go to the website, tcmartinshow.com. Or if you miss uh, any of the past shows, you can wherever you find your podcasts, uh, we are available there as well, too. Uh, of course, uh, wherever you get your podcasts, check out the podcast of the TC Martin Show. Our Friday home, of course, here at the Westgate Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook, home of the Super Contest, and also Football Central. Uh, no better place to be here on a Sunday. You go into the International Theater, and all the games are up the four, um, the 40 uh, video walls up there. It's a phenomenal place to watch Sunday football games. So come on over here to the Westgate and uh, get involved with all of that here. All right, Marco D'Angelo in the house with me, as he always is here on Fridays, and we're talking about the college football championship, the selection show will be Sunday as we get ready for that and it'll be which four teams will make it well USC has a chance to get in this playoff here tonight uh, playing the Utah Utes here in Las Vegas at Allegiant Stadium we're looking forward to being at that game here uh, tonight and we'll see if uh, the Trojans can get the job done and avenge a couple losses to the Utah Utes earlier this year they lost 43-42 and Utah beat USC last year as well, too. Cam Rising, the quarterback for Utah, 475 yards in that game earlier this year. Five touchdown passes. But Caleb Williams also had five touchdown passes uh, in that game. And that game was in Salt Lake City. So looking forward to it tonight at a sold-out Allegiant Stadium for the Pac-12 championship game. All right, Marco, before we dive into the uh, NFL, let's uh, talk about uh, some more of these college championship games here. We touched on the Utah USC game earlier, TCU-K-State. I know you and I both like K-State in in this matchup here. TCU is a a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We know that it is a revenge game for K-State, and they actually outplayed TCU in the earlier meeting. How much of that first game factors into your handicap for tomorrow's game? Uh, The first game factors in almost everything for this game because if you remember in that game, Adrian Martinez got hurt early in the game and uh, they brought in uh, Will Howard. Will Howard has been an absolute surprise. Uh, He's got a 13-2 touchdown, the interception ratio, the five games he's played. But in that game, he got hurt as well, left the game for a while. They had to go to the third-string quarterback. As you said, they had a 28-10 lead. They cut it to 28-17 at halftime. And Will Howard did come back after the injury, but he wasn't the same. They never scored again the rest of the game. And as TCU has done so many times this year, came from behind and got the win. Remember, Will Howard was the second-string quarterback going in. So that meant that week practice, he wasn't getting the reps. That's a bit huge difference for now. He's going to be ready for this game. Now, on the same token, TCU is going to be better prepared because they hadn't seen Will Howard when he come into that game either. Uh, so maybe that was part of the you didn't know what you were going to see from him. Now they've got game film, not only from that game, but as I said, he's played in five games now. But he's played absolutely sensational. The concern for Kansas State is they do have a couple injuries on that defense, and especially in the secondary. That's the biggest concern. If those guys are able to get on the field and be effective, 
I think they're able to move the football on this TCU defense, as we've seen all year. TCU's had problems, except the one game you wouldn't have thought that they would have showed up and played defense. The Texas game was a head-scratcher mm-hmm. for me. The, right. you know, holding them to 10 points, uh, that was definitely their best performance. And then last week... Kansas State, or excuse me, Iowa State went to TCU, and I know a lot of people were taking Iowa State in that game, wanting to step in front of TCU. That wasn't the time, and I, as much as I've gone against TCU, I didn't because you have to have two elements to beat TCU. Mm-hmm. You have to have a defense, and you have to have an offense that can score because no matter how good your defense is, TCU is going to get their points. Mm-hmm. We saw all year, Iowa State was not a a good offensive team. And once they fell behind, and then they had to change their identity to try to catch up, it just got ugly. And that's what I was concerned with and why I wasn't on Iowa State last week. But Kansas State can move the football. Yeah, I was on TCU uh, last week for those reasons exactly. And uh, for K-State, yeah, I I believe in the revenge factor, but I just like the way K-State is playing right now. And uh, I will be involved with K-State. I already am involved with K-State uh, from a teaser fashion as well, too. I I just I, I like this team. I like Deuce Vaughn. I like where they're playing. I like Will Howard. And again, they do have a better defense than TCU does. Traditionally, TCU is known for their defense, but that hasn't been the case really with Sonny Dykes' uh, team this year. So... I still kind of believe that TCU has been playing a little bit over their head. You talk about head-scratching games, where games where they came from behind to win. They've won a lot of close games, and that's why I kind of feel that they might not get the love from the committee on Sunday afternoon because if they do lose this game, they're going to have a loss, and you're going to look back at the full body of work and say, well, yeah, they, they beat some top 25 teams, but they didn't blow anybody out. Really wasn't you know uh, overly convincing. And again, I like this team. I like this program. It's a good story. But you know when you got a couple behemoths, you know just on the outside looking in with Alabama and Ohio State, uh, it's going to be interesting. These two games, the Pac-12 game tonight and nine o'clock tomorrow morning, this Big 12 game, they're going to have the big ramifications on what takes place in that selection room coming up uh, Saturday night and through Sunday morning. And what sucks is the first the game tonight yeah. and the first game tomorrow. And all the drama is going to be could be gone because if they both win TCU mm. and USC, there's no drama left. Yeah. Okay. We it's done. The you rest know, of the day you, doesn't mean anything. So we know that the Pac-12 championship game has always been on Friday, which yes. I've never understood. And this goes back to when the game was in Santa Clara. So it, it's not going to change. Friday night, Vegas. I get that. But why isn't this game at night? And why isn't the Clemson North Carolina game flipped in the morning? I think because Marco. The committee wants all that extra time to really discuss this. If there is an upset and there's going to be a lot of debate that goes on instead of having this game conclude in, you know, around, you know, 11 p.m. or or midnight. And that's because that's when the, you know, the Clemson North Carolina game will conclude if that game was over. I think that might factor into it, believe it or not. I don't know. But, uh, We'll, we'll talk more about that in the best, best segment. The SEC championship game, which usually, we, it's, it's front and foremost all the time. But this year it's not. Even though you've got two perennial powerhouses in Georgia and LSU, we've got a line of 17.5 in this game. It's a rematch of the 2019 SEC championship game, which Joe Burrow was part of that LSU team and Jamar Chase and LSU Ran Georgia out of the building 37 to 10. But as we know, this is not the same LSU team. But Georgia is undefeated. They've been a consensus number one. How much are you believing in the Georgia Bulldogs? Let's take this matchup out of the equation for quick conversation. As a number one overall team, uh, how much are you buying into them as just being this stellar, the best team in college football right now? They are. And I think two things that I'm going to say, I think they're actually better than last year. I know they lost, you know, wide receiver and stuff to the NFL, but this is a team that still has one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best. And they've got a quarterback that's playing at another level. He had a great year last year and he's playing even better this year. When you bring all of that back and you won a national championship last year, I think at times, because I know you're going to bring up, they just got by Kentucky, you know, sixteen to six. And then last week, you know, the playing the you know the rival Tech, game, yeah. Georgia Tech, they were actually behind early mm-hmm. in the game. Not for long. They got the gear. Mm-hmm. 
I think they're bored, okay? Because it's just, you want to get back to where you were last year, and season doesn't begin till the playoffs start. Now, this is the first step. Georgia loses this game, which they won't. They're not going anywhere. They're still one of the, the top four, so there's no pressure on them. LSU's been a great story, but let's be honest. They have given up points to some teams this year. I don't know that they can stop Georgia in this game, and I don't know that they can make enough scores where they match Georgia. I think you're going to see some Georgia touchdowns offset by LSU settling for field goals. Yeah. And as we as the game starts to go further along, you're going to get that four-point game go to maybe 11, right. then get to 18. Then you're dealing with the number. Yep. Uh, then you're at yep. the number. And here's the thing where uh, we always talk about the back door being open, um, you know, having a big dog sneak in the back door. When I have a team like Georgia that runs the football as good as they do, when it is the fourth quarter and I'm up 21 trying to protect that lead and just kill clock, they're doing something that they do well. They can actually extend the lead by just trying to run out the clock. Where if you get a team that's pass happy and then they're trying to kill clock in the fourth quarter, oh, that back door's swinging <laughs> open, the windows are open, you can come in any which way you want. Because they they don't know how to kill clock, they're not effective running the football, and you end up punting the ball, you know, three plays and out and giving the other team life. You won't have that if Georgia has that 20-point lead. All right. You willing to lay the 17 and a half? If I play, if I'm playing it, I'm laying it. I'll, I'll mimic my guy, my buddy Teddy Covers always says that, yeah. and uh, that's where I would be on this one. That was the fourth choice. I right. was back and forth of which was going to be the third best bet, and then right. the other one is in the Big Ten game, the Big Ten championship. Hmm. I was teetering, considering for the best bet. Speaking of the Big Ten championship, it's Michigan against Purdue. Sixteen and a half is the number in this game. Uh, running back Blake Corm is out. Uh, remember, he, he was out for the majority of the game last week against Ohio State. Uh, ran the ball two times, took the rest of the day off, and he will not play uh, tonight. He won't play in the playoff. He's he's done for the season. It's a blow. But Donovan Edwards was fantastic filling in. And Michigan is one of these schools, you know, that just reloads at certain positions. So you don't have to worry about the depth in yeah. at, at, at Michigan at running back. Uh, the number is sixteen and a half because Purdue is one of those teams that, you know, has lost some games this year that you kind of like scratch your head as well too. And again, they are, you know, they are in this game. Because they're not the top two teams, you know, they don't do that. It's, you know, you got two different divisions, and Purdue is the best of the worst of those other ones in uh, their, their division. So uh, 16.5 is the number with Michigan. Can you make a case for the Boilermakers getting over two touchdowns? This one is you play the dog or you don't play the game. And the whole reason is because of. You never want to say you have a sandwich game when the middle of the sandwich is a conference championship. But if you're Michigan, everything was last week. That was your season. You beat your arch rival. You secured your spot in the playoff championship. This is just, you know, to you know make the season official. How does Jim Harbaugh get this team focused anywhere near the way they were last week. They had way too much fun at the end of that game, okay? They were throwing the football at Ohio State in the fourth quarter with a monster lead. They they were yucking it up on the sidelines. And when I'm watching a game, I like to see, you know, when you see it because it's going to come back and, and catch you somewhere, okay? Um, whether it's Ohio State remembering it next year or this week you come in, I always use the phrase, you know, a little too fat and sassy after that, and you're looking forward to what's going to happen in three weeks with the playoffs. They got to be careful here. This is a, a spot where I could see them coming out flat. Maybe Purdue for the first half is the call. If, if Michigan comes out flat, you know, just – Reading all the press clippings from last because you couldn't have played a, a more perfect game than they did last week. I thought you just used that term when you're looking at my food picks. <laughs> all fat and sassy. <laughs> I don't know how you're not fat looking at all your food picks. Uh, Purdue just doesn't have that explosiveness on the offensive end. They played a lot of low scoring games this season. 
And I hear you. It's tough. You would think that Michigan would maybe fall flat a little bit, especially in the beginning, and you're coming off that big emotional victory. And again, it's you know two years in a row now where you came in as a decisive underdog and you beat Ohio State last year in Ann Arbor. This time you go on the road. Yeah, feeling a little fat and sassy, but uh, they're feeling pretty good. But when you look at the full body of work for Michigan, it's been rock solid offensively and defensively. J.J. McCarthy's been fantastic as, as a quarterback. And for the first time in a while, they ha- they have a good quarterback, but um, I go back to last year. This exact same conversation, exact same type of a game, except probably with a better team they're playing in the Big Ten championship game. It was Iowa. They blasted Iowa. Was it forty-five to three? I mean, just blasted them. If they can do that to Iowa, why can't they do that to Purdue? And, and Purdue is a shell of 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 Iowa from last year. I mean, Iowa's not very good this year, yeah. but. Uh, I don't know. It, it, for me, this is a, a stay-away game. I cannot even make a case, as much as I'd like to, to play Purdue for those reasons about a team, you know, kind of a little full of themselves, have a little bit of a letdown. Blake Corm's out. That's fine. You know, maybe it, it's close for a while. Remember that uh, championship game we had a couple of years ago with Northwestern Ohio State? Mm-hmm. And Northwestern was leading at halftime. Right. Same scenario. What happened second half? Northwestern couldn't get a first down. Right. I think that happens here. This is one of those ones, too, that you could look at TC live betting. If you see Michigan and they they come out with that fire in their eyes mm-hmm. that they're not having that hangover effect yeah. from Ohio State, you know, maybe Purdue, you know, scores first and you get a little adjustment on, you know, on the in-game line and you want to come with Michigan if you, if you think they're playing, uh, you know, to their level. I, I, it's just, man, I just enjoyed that win too much last week. Yeah. And for... This year's win was even, you know, last year was getting over the hump, finally beating Ohio State after how many years in a row. But to go and do it at the shoe, okay, I, I mean, 100,000, you know, screaming fans at, at Ohio State, that that had to be sweet. Because let's face it, just a few years ago, there were rumblings, Is even though he's done a fantastic job with everything except beating Ohio State mm-hmm. and then showing up in a bowl game, there were rumblings that Harbaugh's time, you know, might be done sure. there. And now, you know, they're they're na- you know, they're ready to name streets after him, you know, beating <laughs> Ohio State. And you know in college football how big those rival you know, as far as alumni goes, the boosters, you know, the, the it, it's ask John Cooper how big that winning those games are. No question. No. <laughs> Gary Moeller back in the day. I mean, okay. on the Michigan side, you can go yeah. both sides of that. Yeah. You're right. Huge. All right. Uh, looking forward to our college football Saturday tomorrow with the uh, championship games. And uh, we'll dive a little bit more into those during our best bet segment. On the NFL side, Marco, we touched on a few games last hour. Uh, let's take a look at some other marquee games. None uh, bigger than the Miami Dolphins and the San Francisco 49ers tomorrow uh, they're in Santa Clara. The Niners, a three-and-a-half-point choice. When you look at this game, Miami's won five in a row. Niners have won four in a row. But I will point to this. Here's who the Miami Dolphins have beaten. Pittsburgh, Detroit, Chicago, Cleveland, and Houston. San Francisco, their four wins, Rams, Chargers, Arizona, and the Saints. Not all of those world beaters, but definitely better resume than what the Miami Dolphins have right now. Miami's got to travel to San Francisco. Looking forward to this game. Do you think the number is where it should be at three and a half? The number is where it should be. I wouldn't have been surprised if we were at four and a half with this game because the 49ers, um, for the record they have, they're the, they're the best team. You know, they're, they're better than a record says they are. Uh, they had some injuries early in the season. Question's going to be, uh, Christian McCaffrey got banged up last week. You know, is he going to be uh, available? I know he was limited in practice this week, so we don't know situation on him. He's made a big difference for this team. Uh, you want to talk about, you know, in football, you we never talk about the trade deadlines and impact, you know, making impact uh, players and that. This was definitely one of them. Baseball, we see it all the time. A team will go out, they need a bat, they get they get it, or they need, uh, you know, a, a closer or something for the playoffs, and it can make a difference on a team. I think this put 
San Francisco over the top, and they will end up running away with the division as the season finishes out because Arizona's, you know, they're a dumpster fire. The Rams are an even bigger dumpster fire right now with the injuries, and you go from the Super Bowl to out of the playoffs. I don't know how McVeigh's going to get them to play the rest of the season. No, to be yeah, honest with yeah, you. yeah. So. And again, the writing was on the wall earlier on. Then when they started getting the injuries, and then when you know Stafford went out, and again, Stafford was horrible at the beginning of the season. It's not like because the concussion happened, all of a sudden the Rams are bad. No, yeah. they've been bad really from the get go. Yeah. So, Miami though, they're still a team, and it still is kind of quiet, especially with betters. But a lot of that probably is from the numbers that I just ran off or, or the victories, who they've beaten. And again, you know, Tua, it, it's hard to get behind Tua. You can say, okay, he's, you know, got this great, uh, you know, ability and he's playing well this year. Granted, he is, but I really want to see what Tua is going to do against a top flight defense. Because every time we've seen Tua against a top flight defense, he's taken steps backwards. That's what I'm most interested in this game here. And are you buying Miami right now? If I played this game, it's one of the ones that I really didn't have a strong opinion on. If I played it, I do lean to Miami because I know the schedule. As you said, they haven't beat anybody. But people will look at the games they lost when they had the, what was it, a three or four game losing streak mm-hmm. in the middle there after they started the season 3-0. and Those were the games that Tua got hurt. The Cincinnati yeah. game on Thursday night when he got knocked out and then the couple preceding games after that they're definitely a different team with him on the field and you gotta you know you gotta give them credit uh they they're beating who they're supposed to beat and they're beating those teams convincingly Mm -hmm. how many times you know it's one thing where you say oh you're 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 playing a soft schedule and you're winning and you're just getting by no last week's game looked closer the final score it was 30 to nothing Mm -hmm. Houston put two garbage time touchdowns <laughs> yeah. on, and Tua sat most I, of the fourth quarter. I was on the Dolphins last week okay. for, you know, so for that reason. Yeah. It, it, it's a situation yeah. where they're exciting. I don't, and we've seen San Francisco too often. Kyle Shanahan for being supposed to be a def, you know an offensive guru, he gets too conservative at times yeah. because. And, and I don't know if it's because of the Jimmy G factor. I think it's exactly what it is. That, he doesn't fully trust him. In which that is kind of crazy. Wait, right. that's that's what ends up costing you games. Uh-huh. And then because Jimmy G, you know, if you let somebody hang around and hang around and hang around and then they get the lead and then Jimmy G's got to drive him down the field mm-hmm. and he doesn't do that, they put the blame on him. Let him continue to play the game when it's the beginning of the game and you're attacking mm-hmm. and you're scoring. Don't take your foot off the gas. Do you remember the Super Bowl with Atlanta? <laughs> you know, don't take your foot off the gas and rest on your laurels. And I just think that's one of those habits that he has, and it always concerns me laying points with him. And if you remember, not in the last few years, but go back five to seven years ago, that was Andy Reid all the time. He would have leads, take his, take his foot off the gas and play conservative and let teams get back in there and cover the spread. Yeah. That's what Kyle Shanahan does too often, in my opinion. Miami is a much faster team, and obviously with Tyreek Hill, I mean that helps this team. You know, Moster in the backfield. I mean, they've made some key acquisitions here, and it's working out for them as well. So it's it's going to be intriguing to see what this Miami offense does against San Francisco's uh, defense, because the Niners definitely have one of the best, you know, defenses in the league, and that is their calling card. Uh, the Raiders and the Chargers here at Allegiant Stadium coming up on Sunday. Uh, the Chargers opened as the favorite in this game, and now the Raiders are the favorite. Raiders are favored by one in this game. Uh, Chargers beat the Raiders earlier this year. We remember what happened in the, the final regular season game you know, last year uh, with the Raiders and the Chargers. It, it was a fantastic game, you know, won by the Raiders. It propelled them to get them in the playoffs. Give me some thoughts, Marco. What do you think? Raiders-Chargers on Sunday. These are two teams that were expected to do so much more, and they haven't. Um, the Raiders have been more disappointing. Chargers at least have an excuse. Um, Herbert wasn't a hundred percent. He, you know, he was banged up earlier in the year. They haven't had a, their full complement of wide receivers most of the season. That's hurt them. And the problem with the Chargers is they can't stop anybody. That's the biggest concern. The Raiders should score points here. This is one of those ones where I don't know that I get to a side. 
I know that whoever's the underdog, I will use in a teaser. And like you said, at the beginning of the week, you're teasing <laughs> the Raiders. At the end of the week, you'd be teasing the Chargers, and neither bet is wrong. Yeah. I mean, by the math, right. you're supposed to make both of those in your teaser plays. But I think the safer play in this game is how is any of these defenses going to stop the other one? Mm-hmm. Unless Derek Carr has one of those games where he throws to the wrong color jerseys, mm-hmm. you know, in score, you know, <laughs> in the red zone, uh, this has earmarkings of a track meet. It does. And when you look at the, you know, what Justin Herbert has been able to do, especially against the Raiders, and now with a healthy Keenan Allen. You know, Allen's been injured for most of the season, and we're just starting to see him get back to his game here, too. And the Chargers had a boatload of injuries, but they've gotten a little bit more healthier where the Raiders really haven't. I mean, you're still missing, obviously, you know, Waller's out for the year. Hunter Renfro looks like the, the same way here. Josh Jacobs has been fantastic. He's leading the NFL in rushing right now. He should have so, a big game. I mean, you, you would think. You would think. But, you know, uh, we, we've seen the Raiders in this situation before, especially at home. They're not a good home team. They have not been a, a good home team since they came here. If if you come out slow with the Raiders and fall behind by 10 or 14 points, it takes Josh Jacobs out of your out of your game plan. It, de- it does. So very interested to see this. And, and I'm, I'm very curious why the line move here is because, again, they couldn't get money on the Raiders the last couple weeks. And, you know, even Seattle last week, you know, people were betting the Seahawks. So now the light is switched because yeah. did the know, Raiders win that game or did the Seahawks lose it? That's a great question. It's a great, yeah, you know, I think you can make the argument that the Seahawks, you know, lost that game. No question they did. So uh, looking forward to it, though, on Sunday. It will be uh, an interesting game. And, again, the Chargers, you know, with that win last week was huge. They went for two mm-hmm. against the, the Cardinals and basically buried the Cardinals there. They went for two, and they were down by one. They scored the touchdown, you know, and then they went for two. They win the game by one point. Same thing that Jacksonville did last week against the, the Baltimore Ravens. I know that probably went into your handicap, too, while you're taking the Ravens uh, <laughs> as well. So I was rooting for, the, for them to go for two uh, in the Jacksonville game because I didn't care who got the two because uh, I had Jacksonville plus the right. points. I did not want overtime. <laughs> <laughs> That's where dogs go to die. All right. An AFC championship game from last Last year, the rematch is going to be uh, coming up with Kansas City and Cincinnati. So looking forward to that game. Um, you know, quick take on that for you. Uh, you're going to get a better take in best bets. You and me both, brother. There we go. <laughs> uh, we're going to be opposite again. You think so? I think so. I know you. I know who you are. On. Of course you do. <laughs> we come back. We will get to our best bets here at the college side and the NFL side. We are live from the world-famous Superbook here at the Westgate. A fabulous Football Friday edition. <laughs> Check out his big stethoscope. Or not. It's the Dr. T.C. Martin. Live from the Westgate of Las Vegas here at the world-famous Superbook. It is about time for our best bet segment. Marco D'Angelo in the house with me. Trevor Maddich joins us by phone. Trevor, what's going on, my friend? Mr. TC, I am doing good. I am in awe of Marco. Five and one last week. Holy smokes, Marco. <laughs> Go ahead, Marco. You want to tell Trevor what you just told me right before uh, we, we rejoined here? Well, we're in the sports book here at the Westgate, Trevor, and there's horse racing on at Del Mar, and this three horse was out in front. Well, big lead coming down the stretch, and the horse on the outside, the five, just kept coming and coming and coming. That's me. I'm coming at you, Trevor. So you're calling me a horse. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There it is. You're a thoroughbred, though, Trevor. If he's calling you a horse, you're a thoroughbred. You, you know, you're, you're, you're not a gelding or a pacer. But he, yeah, he was a lineman. Head. He's more like a Clydesdale. He's a Clydesdale. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The thoroughbred is still a horse. <laughs> this is true. Oh, Clydesdale. I thought you liked my gelding routine there. Yeah, that's that's, that's the hey, ultimate no, cr- no, equipment change. No, you don't even racing. make a joke about that with yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. No, horses fine. People know. <laughs> <laughs> As Marco says, that's the ultimate equipment change in the sport of horse racing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know what, though? It does make them lighter, though, so it makes it easier to <laughs> kick down the stretch. It, 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 it's, yeah, it makes them more aerodynamic, and, but uh, it's done to well, get I them. I need to... that visual. 
<laughs> it gets them to concentrate because uh, some uh. some of the the Colts uh, they they like the Phillies too much. Okay, at that point in time, I will just say it's time for our best bets. <laughs> It's Football Friday, and time for the weekend's action. Here's the best bets. That's how you go to the best bets, Marco. See, that's how, that's, that's, how, how, you, that, that's how you intro it, just like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our three best college plays of the championship game weekend. Oh, yes, and then our three best NFL plays. Trevor Maddich, ESPN, the college football guru, the 15-time Emmy Award winner. Of course, you see Trevor on Sports Center on Thursday, Friday. Of course, he joins us each and every week. Trevor, you're on fire, my friend. I got a feeling there's going to be an under here. I hope there's an under because Trevor, I think he's hit like his last eight unders, and he hit a couple again last week. So start us off, Trevor. Who's your best three college plays on championship weekend? Well, out of six picks, NFL and college, the over-under on my unders is three. So <laughs> I guess we need a new category. So uh, college, first game, uh, Buffalo against Akron in Buffalo. Now, that's not a championship game. It's actually a makeup game because this was supposed to have been played a couple of weeks ago when that massive snowstorm rolled through Buffalo and forced the Bills to play in Detroit against the Browns. Well, they canceled, they postponed the Buffalo-Akron game. And Buffalo is laying 11, and I like, I like Buffalo in this game to cover that 11 against Akron. There's a couple of reasons. One is the spot. I mean, Buffalo has five wins. They need one more to go bowling. Akron is done. This is it. Win or lose, they go home. That's it. The second reason is that Akron is very much a one-trick pony. Very good passing attack, but their running game is not good. Their defense is horrible, and the passing yards don't translate into points. They're like 20th in the nation in passing yards per game, but Akron is 10th out of 12 teams in the MAC in scoring points per game. So I think Buffalo, because of the spot, because they're more balanced, because they're a better team on both sides of the ball, I think Buffalo covers that 11, and I'm willing to lay those points. Trevor, let me do yes. the let, let, I'm sorry to interrupt you here. So tell you what, I'll let you pick another game because I don't think you're going to like that Buffalo game. I, I, I think you should pick another game. How's that? Why? Because the I, game was played this morning in Buffalo, one by one point. Oh, oh what? There's a just crawling right now. You let me go through all of that, TC. I told TC I went. You know, I said, let's see if he has the winner after. Yeah, yeah. Over. <laughs> I've been busy today. I, I thought it was tomorrow. Well, well, I'm glad that I didn't get to pick that one then. Yeah, that's it. Uh, so I'm going to file a so protest, go to protest if I lose by one to, to Trevor this year. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Let me go to my two and three, and then I'll get my replacement for that. Okay. Go. So, number two is an under. Toledo, under 54 against Ohio. Sorry, they, they played last night. <laughs> no, no, just they, kidding. They just kidding. <laughs> yeah, just no, like... you can't get, get me on twice. You got me on the first one, but there you go. go That's what happens when I got hit in the head for a living, and this, this I'm like a horse. Put Maddich in concussion protocol, please. Horses don't use calendars. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the under here is that we've got a Toledo team with the starting quarterback, uh, Daquan Finn, has been injured. Now, he's a dual-threat quarterback. He didn't play last week. And when he doesn't play, their running game is not very good. Now, he, he tried to play last week. I'm sorry, he missed the week before. He tried to play last week. He had to leave the game. He showed up on the sideline in a walking boot. And when he's not there as a dual-threat running threat for Toledo, their running game's not very good either. The backup is a freshman, not that great at running, under 50% passer. And so I think this is a game or a Toledo offense that's not going to move the ball very well. And I think the same thing with Ohio. Ohio's starting quarterback, Curtis Rourke, is also out. So you've got a backup in C.J. Harris, who also uh, last week was under 50%. These are just two offenses that are not very good. And I think that the drop-off is so big between the starters and the, and the backups that the coaches will want to keep this game on the ground. And they'll want to make sure they're not the team that makes the most mistakes because this shapes up as, as that kind of a game. So I will take the under 54 Toledo, Ohio. Second one is... Carolina, or excuse me, Coastal Carolina against Troy. That one's under 48. And I like that under as well, right? The total's 48. The reason is that Coastal Carolina hasn't had Grayson McCall at quarterback for a while. 
their starter, and their offense is just abysmal without McCall. Now, there's some thought that he might come back and play this game, but even if he does, he won't be very efficient or very effective because he's still banged up and he won't be able to run around like he normally does. Troy got to the Sun Belt Championship game because of the strength of their defense. So you've got an offense for Coastal Carolina not that good. A defense for Troy, very, very good. And I think that's enough to hit the under on the 48. And then I have to pick a replacement for the game that you let me go all the way through and say how great I thought that was. What in the world are you guys thinking, man? You guys hanging me out like that. Okay. Well, okay. I'm going to pick another one that I think is going to be uh, one that you're going to be laughing at me again um, tomorrow night. Because this one plays tomorrow. Utah. I guess USC in the Pac-12 championship game. USC is laying two and a half points. Now, Utah has a 61% chance of winning this game according to ESPN's Football Power Index, and they're getting two and a half points, and I'm taking USC and laying the points. The reason is that a lot of this, I think, is based on the fact that Utah beat them in Salt Lake City in October, but this is a completely different USC team. They've been growing as the year has gone on. Their defense has gotten better. Their offensive chemistry has improved even more. Caleb Williams, the quarterback for the Trojans, is probably going to win the Heisman. Utah is about the same team as they were back then. And keep in mind that the way that they beat USC in Salt Lake in October was Dalton Kincaid, the tight end, went off for almost 250 yards receiving. The only game that he has played since then where he's had over 100 yards was last week against Colorado, 102. So the four games after that, he had only slightly more receiving yards than he had the entire time against USC because USC did not expect that guy to be a problem. They will now know he's a problem, and they'll put a bit more of a speed button in front of him. I think USC has grown to the point where they can cover the two and a half. There, I gave you four. <laughs> there you go. All right, man. Well, we know one thing. You're not going to go four and oh. We know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but <laughs> it's my mulligan. I, I guess... See, Marco's right again. I'm a horse. I hate that. <laughs> Marco, let's go, man. What do you got? Oh, my, oh, I got two in the same game. I'm taking Akron and the under. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, Trevor. Right, number three on the, on the outside, right? Yeah, <laughs> I, I got it. He so. just like, blames me. He says, yeah. TCU, let me go through that. <laughs> Marco's the one that caught it. <laughs> All right, uh, Trevor, I'm going to go against you on the USC game. I'm on Utah. I just don't see USC. This is their third tough game in a row. They played UCLA. Then they had to play Notre Dame. I like the defense of Utah to make one or two more stops than USC tonight. I think it's going to be a fun game. Last team with the ball wins it. I'm calling it Utah 31-27 for play number one. Play number two, uh, TC loves the fact that, if I'm correct, there's going to be total chaos in the college football world because I'm going with Kansas State. Going to knock mm. off uh, both the number three and number four playoff team. I like Kansas State. In this one, TC and I already talked about it in detail about the first meeting in the injury to Adrian Martinez and Will Howard coming in. Will Howard, 13-2 to touchdown to interception ratio. Cinderella, clock strikes midnight tonight for, or tomorrow for TCU. We're taking Kansas State. And the last one, this is the weakest of the three, but we had to have three unless you're going to give me Akron. Um, <laughs> we got Clemson, Clemson and North Carolina. I'm going to take the points. I think both teams are going to go up and down the field. This is going to be a tough sell for Dabo Sweeney to get this team to play after they got pushed down to ninth in the playoff rankings head entering this game. They have no shot of getting into the playoffs, and uh, I just don't see them stepping up. And DJ, uh, a quarterback, he's been good at times, and he's been mediocre at times. Can't have too many misses against this North Carolina offense. They'll go up and down the field. 35-34 North Carolina. Another one-point game is what you're saying for Clemson. I'm huh? saying last team with the ball. All right, Marco. Uh, this is probably my number three game, uh, but uh, since you talked about it, yes, I'm going to go the other side. I'm going to take Clemson in this game. I'm going to lay the seven and a half. We know that North Carolina lost to Georgia Tech and North Carolina State the last two weeks. That says a lot about where this team is right now, losing to those two lowly teams. Uh, at the end of the season. Uh, their defense has been downright awful, and we know that. Uh, Mac Brown's teams ha have been awful there since he's got to North Carolina State on the defensive side of the ball. Clemson, they're burning 
after their upset loss to South Carolina last week, they just ended their playoff hopes. I know some people are thinking like, okay, how are they going to get up for this game? This is still the ACC championship. They still have a zero at the end of their record, 6-0 and in conference play in the ACC. This game means a lot to Clemson. Yes, they want to win a conference championship. And anytime I can get Dabo off of a loss, and I've talked about this and played this angle before, I am going to do it. The 7.5 number scares me a little bit because we know that the Carolina offense is very explosive. I get that. Drake May is very, very good. But Clemson is better on both sides of the ball. Um, I think that the Clemson will be able to move the ball offensively. I'm just counting on their defense to get uh, just a couple more stops than North Carolina. I think the Clemson offense is going to roll in this game. So I'm going to lay the 7.5 with the Clemson Tigers. All right. I'm going to go to the SEC championship game, LSU and Georgia. The number is inflated here because of LSU's loss to Texas A&M last week. LSU will be ready to make a statement here and come back and cover this number of 17.5. We know that Georgia's had plenty of close calls this year. They had the four-point win against Missouri. They had a 10-point win against Kentucky. Remember, that was 16-6. to This game should be a lot closer uh, than that. Uh, 17.5 is a huge number here. I'm going to take the Bayou Bengal Tigers. Uh, remember, they were in the playoff conversation up until a couple weeks ago. They have got the talent. So I'm banking on Brian Kelly to come up big, keep this game close. It is a neutral field here. The line is terribly inflated, like I said, because of their loss to A&M last week and because Georgia is undefeated. This line should not be 17.5. I will take the 17.5 with LSU. And finally, I'm going to the American here. Tulane and UCF. The Green Wave has been a great story this year. They're 10-2 and two overall, and this game means everything to them. They've been very consistent all season long. they got a top-notch offense, top-notch quarterback, very good wide receivers. They beat Houston. They beat Cincinnati. They beat Memphis, and now they're going to beat UCF. Tulane is a rising program. They just... Uh, re-signed Willie Fritz, their head coach, after he turned down the Georgia Tech job. This never happens, and I know Trevor knows this too. Anytime you get a smaller school coach, he jumps and takes the big money for the bigger power conference. He said, no, I believe in these guys. I trust these guys. I'm not going to leave them at the doorstep. They are going to play for him tomorrow, and guess what? They're playing the game at home. It's a revenge game. They lost to UCF earlier in the season. Tulane at home, lay the three and a half. I will take the green wave. All right, Trevor, take us to the NFL. Okay, has Jacksonville played Detroit yet? This week? <laughs> uh, not by my uh, calculations. I think you're safe. Okay, good. Then I'll take the Lions plus one at home. The Lions were horrible on defense in the first half of the season, but the last six games they've been about average. Coming out of the bye, the defense has played a whole lot better. So if you look at Detroit on the defensive side of the ball for for the whole season, they're still pretty awful. But the trend has been going up. Same with the offense. The offense has a lot of playmakers on offense, especially since Amon Ross St. Brown, wide receiver, is back. I mean, they're so much better with him. And they can make a lot of big plays the way Jared Goff is playing. The Jacksonville defense is one of the worst in the league at giving up pass plays of 20 yards or more. And I think Detroit will be able to hit them early and often with that. Uh, their defense, you know, the Jaguars defense right now, they're 26th in the league in some key defensive efficiency metrics. Now, a lot of people are on Jacksonville because I think Trevor Lawrence was just so miraculous against uh, Baltimore last week. And he did. He brought him back. It was a, a miraculous comeback. They had to do, you know, a whole bunch of things right at the end. They all had to follow Jacksonville's way to get that win, and they did. So good for them, but that's not very repeatable. And so I think really the wrong team is favored here. I think Detroit should be favored. So I'll take the the point with the Lions. So I got a favorite there. Uh, excuse me, I'm taking points. So yay, I know that's, that's weird for you. But since I'm taking points, I have to go back to my roots. The Commanders are at the Giants, uh, and I'm taking the under. It's 40.5. There's a couple reasons why. The first one is that the Giants started really hot, but since then they've cooled off considerably. They're just not very good right now, and offensively, they're a one-trick pony. Basically, they have to win with Saquon Barkley at running back, pounding the run, and Washington is really, really good on defense at stopping that. And it's the same way with the Commanders. I mean, we get all this talk about Taylor Heineke, their quarterback, but the truth of it is, they're at their best when they're running the ball. And if you look at the trends, 
the under this season for home division games, uh, you know, especially when you're an underdog, home underdogs in division games, 75% goes to the under. So I'm going to go with the matchup. I'm going to go with the trend, and I'm going to go with the under on that game. And then I got to go with another under, guys. And I apologize for this, but I kind of have to because I did. I did take the points. The it's points. working for it's you, man. Choice. Take the unders. Go ahead. Well, it's working for me, but you know, I just, I just feel like I need to take a shower after taking points. You know, yeah. Normally, I go the other direction. <laughs> right. I took only one point with Detroit, but Broncos, Ravens, ugly. Denver is just absolutely horrific this year on offense. Just putrid and pathetic in every other word you can say. And I think in this game, they'll, they'll stay putrid and pathetic. And the thing is, every game of theirs is the same. It's, it's ugly. It's low scoring. It's a close game. Denver is 10-1 and one to the under on the year. Uh, and I think that's because their defense is so great and their offense is so bad. Then you look at the other side. The Ravens had a scare in practice this week where Lamar Jackson, their quarterback, actually had to leave practice as a precautionary measure because of an apparent thigh injury. Now, he's returned. He's not on their injury list. He's probably okay. But Baltimore is going to be a race in a race to the finish uh, in their division for, the, uh, for a playoff spot or for a wild card spot one way or the other. And the thing is, they need Jackson to be healthy. They don't need to score a lot of points to beat Denver. So I think they'll limit their play calling when it comes to exposing Lamar Jackson to hits in the running game. And they'll keep him in the pocket intentionally more than they normally would. I think it all goes to under 39.5. Trevor has a new nickname, ladies and gentlemen. He is Trevor the Undertaker Maddich. Oh, I like it. Oh, that's good. Because I take the under a lot. You, I, I get it. You, and you kind of look like the there. Undertaker. There you go. Yeah. All right. He's a horse. He's a wrestler. He's Trevor yeah. Maddich. Yeah. All right, Marco, what do you got? You notice I didn't get credit for that. I was going to say, yeah. courtesy Marco yeah. D'Angelo. No, you weren't. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. Doink the Clown. <laughs> I am going with, we're going to start things off, go real quick with you guys here. Take Atlanta uh, plus the points against Pittsburgh. This is a sandwich spot for Pittsburgh coming off that big Monday night game. And guess who they got on deck? Yeah, their arch rival, the Baltimore Ravens. This is a mail-in game for them. Take Atlanta. Next up, I have a feeling I'm going to be bucking heads with the guy to my right, but I am taking the Cincinnati Bengals. Everybody and their brother is going to talk about revenge from last year's AFC championship game, blah, blah, blah. I'm your brother. Kansas City is beat up on. You want to talk about beating up on teams that are injured and not playing well? That's what Kansas City's done. Cincinnati is playing well right now. They get the win at home, 34-30. And this one is this. I struggled for the third game, I'll be honest. I'm taking the Houston Texans. Everybody's going to be... On Cleveland for the return of Deshaun Watson. Guys, he hasn't thrown a pass in two years. I am taking Houston. This is their Super Bowl plus the points. Oh, my goodness. The toilet bowl. All right. There, there you go. All right. Uh, hey, I'm with Trevor with this uh, Denver situation, but I'm taking the Baltimore Ravens. I'm laying the nine. The Ravens let one slip away last week at Jacksonville. They return home. No excuse for not blowing out this pathetic, horrific Denver Bronco team. Pick any adjective you want. Denver's a mess, as we know. They have not scored more than 16 points in six of their last seven games. They've lost seven of their last eight. Give me the Ravens to win by double digits. San Francisco laying the three and a half against Miami. This is a matchup of strengths here. Miami's offense against the San Francisco defense. But like I said earlier, I'll say it again. Miami, they've won five in a row. Steelers, Lions, Bears, Browns, Texans. Come on. San Francisco, they've won four in a row, beating the Rams, the Chargers, the Cardinals, and the Saints. They shut out the Saints last week, 13-0. They are clicking on all cylinders. They pitched that shutout against the Saints. It's not going to happen again. But defense, the strength of the Niners, I think they're going to slow the offense of the uh, Dolphins down here. Too many offensive weapons also for the San Francisco 49ers. I'll lay three and a half at home, and the Niners stay hot. And, yes, Marco, I'm going against you. I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, laying two as the Chiefs at the Bengals. Yes, it's a rematch of the AFC Championship game. And you know what? 
You know who knows that? Kansas City knows it. And you know who else knows it? Patrick Mahomes knows it because he's 0-2 against the Bengals. Yes, Kansas City uh, offense much better than the Bengals. Still the injuries to Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. That's going to come back to haunt him. The Casey pass rush, I think, is going to be key here. They're going to get to Joe Burrow. They only got to him one time in that championship game last year. But remember, before that and after that, Joe Burrow went down seven times against the Rams in the Super Bowl, nine times against the Tennessee Titans in the playoffs. Yes, I think Cincinnati uh, is, is going to get the sack attack. They've uh, given up 35 sacks so far this season. Great spot for the Chiefs. Anytime I can get the Chiefs laying two, home, away, neutral field, I'll take it. Give me the Kansas City Chiefs. There you go. Those are our best bets. All up on the website at tcbartonshow.com. Not only Marcos and Trevor Manich's, Gilby the intern, and Scott Spritzer as well, too. All right, Trev, we appreciate you, brother. Enjoy your games. Make sure you check your clock and find out, uh, you know, uh, you know what time you need to be at work at ESPN tomorrow. I don't want you to miss any work time, okay? Make sure you know what time the games go. I feel like I need a carrot. <laughs> I love you, brother. Thank you very much, man. Have a good weekend. There he is, Trevor Match. Always having fun with him. And Marco, yes, you get credit for The Undertaker. You get credit for calling him out on that late pick. <laughs> Poor guy didn't know. He's, I think he's a little busy. A little busy. I hope he wasn't covering that game. Yeah, he wasn't. <laughs> he usually does. He, he, he covers the Mac, you know. That's why he picked it. All right. All right, I want to thank Marky Mark back in the studio and uh, everybody else for joining us. Remember, if you miss any part of any of this show, the past shows, go to the website at tcmartinshow.com. And, again, wherever you get your podcasts, you can check it out all there, whether it's Apple, Spotify, you name it, uh, check out the show there. But, yeah, go to the website and uh, check out our, our Raiders blog. Check out the interviews on the classic interview page. And then uh, the current interview page is there as well, too. All right, make sure you check out Marco, too. His picks, not only our best bets, but at uh, wagertalk.com as well, too. The man is on fire. All right, we will reconvene on Monday at 2 o'clock. And remember, each and every Friday, we are here at the Westgate. Come on out, say hello, and say hi to us here at the world-famous Superbook. I want to thank John Murray, Jake Cornegay, Trevor Match, all joined us here at the world-famous Superbook. T.C. Martin saying so long. Have yourself a good weekend. Enjoy all the games. We're back at you Monday at 2 p.m.